This is Ozarks at Large. This week, Charlie Allison, the executive editor with University Relations at the University of Arkansas, is thinking about the U of A's past and future. This is his latest tour through the university's history as observation of the school's sesquicentennial. Several months ago, I got to tag along on a historical tour of the University of Arkansas campus. The tour leaders told us about events connected with the civil rights movement at the university during the late 1960s and early 1970s. The movement here on the U of A campus was pushed forward back then by a student organization called Black Americans for Democracy, or better known by its acronym BAD, or BAD. And back then, BAD was good. It was cool, hip, with it. Dope, you might say. The tour was conducted by honors students who participated in an honors college forum, taught in the fall of 2020 by then-provost and now-interim chancellor Charles Robinson. The first student to talk with us, a young black woman, told us about her evolution in thinking about the university as she participated in the forum and studied the university's issues in dealing with race during the civil rights era. Now, I'm an old white guy, and I have absolutely no sense what it's like to be young anymore, much less a young black woman. Books and movies give me glimpses, but they're a shallow substitute for knowing another person's life and thoughts. So I was interested to get her glimpse into the issue of race on campus, as well as some of the many threads woven into that issue. She told our tour group that she began the Honors Forum with some questions, including why are we still dealing with many of the same issues that were happening 50 years ago? At the beginning of the class, her own hypothesis was that the administration and staff of the university must shoulder some of the blame for the inadequacies of the university's response to racial issues. But during the Honors Forum, She dug into some of the history and listened to panelists and alumni who spoke with the students. And our student tour guide said that their thoughts and remarks changed her mind and she reconsidered her initial thoughts. She developed a new, more complex hypothesis, more along the lines that the university, good and bad, is in some measure a product and reflection of our surrounding environment and culture. Changing the university culture might be dependent on changing the culture of Arkansas and the South. I really appreciated hearing her thoughts and especially seeing her willingness to reconsider her original hypothesis. That's a good trait to see in a researcher. New evidence points us toward new thoughts. The new thoughts lead us to more inspection and more new thoughts. And we hopefully move toward better understanding and solutions for a particular issue. Listening to her made me think that a closer look at the university's first board of trustees essentially the first administrators, might provide some background and an additional way for us to look at the university today. When the Arkansas legislature created the university 150 years ago, it appointed 10 members of the first board of trustees. An 11th member, the state superintendent of education, was elected by Arkansas voters and served as a non-voting president of the board. In significant ways, the first trustees were not like the vast majority of trustees who followed them. First of all, None of them were born in Arkansas. None of them were even born in the South. Two were born in Germany, and the rest were born in the northern part of the United States. Next, at least 10 of them, and I I think probably all 11, served in the Union Army during the Civil War, most of them at an elevated rank, from lieutenant colonel through brigadier general. Last, politically, all of them were Republicans, which may come as a surprise, but shouldn't, given the particular time period, the era of Reconstruction in Arkansas. They were the victors in the Civil War. The losers, 
uh, the men who had committed insurrection by taking up arms against the United States to preserve slavery and who had fought with the Confederate Army. They lost not only the war, but their right to vote and to hold elective office after the war. So Republicans held power in the early years after the war. And this first board of trustees was charged with several tasks to get the university in operation in less than a year. Choosing the university's location, contracting to build the first temporary school building, and organizing the university, which meant everything from creating a curriculum to choosing cadet uniforms to deciding who should be allowed to enroll. In stating the university's admission requirements, these first trustees debated whether to open the university to women and to black students. The Arkansas trustees eventually chose an egalitarian path. They threw open the doors of the university to all, without regard, and, and here I'm quoting the trustees, quote, without regard for race, sex, or sect. As a result, early in the very first semester of the university, women and at least one black student enrolled in the university alongside a student body that was nearly all white and majority male. And now, how were those first trustees similar to the vast majority who came afterward? All of them were white and all of them were male, as you probably guessed. But you might be surprised at the numbers. Over the last 150 years, the university has had 230 trustees. 224 of them, or more than 97%, have been white. Similarly, 221 of them have been men, or more than 96%. So less than 3% have been black men, and less than 4% have been white women. No black women, no trustees who were Native American that I could determine, no one with obviously Latino or Latina names, no Asian trustees that I could find. How does that happen? Well, trustees are appointed by the governors of Arkansas, and all of the governors have been white men. One of the duties of the trustees is to hire university presidents, and, no surprise, all 22 of the University of Arkansas presidents have been white men. And the presidents hire the chancellors, a position created at the Fayetteville campus in 1981. And all six chancellors at Fayetteville, prior to the current interim chancellor, have been white men. White men, just like me, by the way. And just like me, all those presidents and chancellors and trustees might have some trouble understanding what it's like to be a young black woman. Our experiences in life, I dare say, are pretty far removed from the life of a young black woman. How can we recognize the true depth of meaning that a name such as that of J. William Fulbright brings to bear upon someone else if we haven't borne the discrimination produced by such a name? If, in the recent debate about Fulbright, I tried to weigh the good of the person against the bad, and make a decision about a statue based on that balance, I think I would have missed the point entirely. The debate about Fulbright is not about whether we glorify or condemn the past. It is about how we proceed into the future. Am I, as a white man, capable today of stepping beyond the times in which I live to make better choices on racial issues than did Fulbright? Or will I be seen as the Fulbright of my generation, doing the expedient thing to mollify a majority group while extending the hurt and pain and disrespect toward a minority group. Which of the two hypotheses presented at the beginning of this episode will prevail? Should we blame the administration or the culture in which we've come of age? The two options aren't mutually exclusive. In fact, they seem meshed within one another to me. It doesn't take much imagination, though, to think how priorities for a board of trustees and the university might change if it were made up entirely of women 
or entirely of people of color. Being a little contrarian myself, I, I hope to see something like that one day. Not because I think any individual member of the existing Board of Trustees is racist or sexist, but rather because they can never be a young black woman and bring her experience to bear any more than I can. So for today, think about the young black women who are students on campus and ask yourself, who do you think they would want to see appointed to the Board of Trustees? Perhaps a woman of color, then another woman, and another, and then 10 or 15 years down the road, maybe the young black woman who started off our tour is governor? I hope also to see that soon. Charlie Allison is the executive editor at University Relations at the University of Arkansas. The U of A continues to observe its first 150 years this fall. You can learn more at 150.uark.edu.